Welcome to But First She Failed. Would you like to have confidence when you go into that meeting no matter who's in the room? Want to quit that job that makes you feel unhappy and start that dream business or go after that dream job but you're scared of failing? Do you ever wonder how those wildly successful women got to where they are today? Hey, I'm Paula Soares, a former journalist who feared, failed, and overcame. I too dealt with imposter syndrome and lacked confidence in my career. After being let go from a position that I thought was a dream job and feeling like I failed, I had a life-changing revelation. Every successful person fails and it's part of the journey towards success and purpose. Now I'm on a mission to help others redefine failure and chase bold dreams. Join me as I share business strategies and growth mindset tips to help you grow confidence in your career and business. Listen in as I talk to trailblazing women that share wisdom, strategies, and get vulnerable about how moments of failure propelled them to where they are today. Get ready to get inspired. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of the But First She Failed podcast. I am so excited for today's interview because we are going to touch on a topic that is a tricky one for so many. We're diving into the topic of how to show up authentically on camera so that you can become an industry leader in your space. Carrie is a veteran of television with three decades of experience and with appearances on MTV, E!, Fox and NBC, among others. Carrie couples that with her extensive entrepreneurial knowledge to help entrepreneurs learn how to stand out online, authentically show up on camera, and become an industry leader in their space. Her signature It Factor training is one of the most sought after on camera training programs for entrepreneurs in the US and has been featured on CNN, ABC, Fox, NBC, and many more. In this interview, she shares why it's important for entrepreneurs to position themselves as experts in their industry and what it can do for their business, why and how to show up authentically on camera, as well as advice for overcoming imposter syndrome when it comes to being on camera. This and so much more. Carrie, thank you so much for joining us today. I am so excited to have you on and just have this conversation with you today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yay. So I'm going to ask you the hot seat question, the one that we ask everyone, the icebreaker. What did you fail at this week? (laughs) Well, as we talked about before we press record, I have a toddler at home (laughs) and a seven-year-old. So I failed greatly at getting all my workouts in this last week. Yeah. Uh, that is, I feel like that is the, I mean, it's always a struggle, but I feel like as moms, it's even, I don't know there. I don't know. Or maybe that's just an excuse. I'm telling myself <laughs> that it's harder with like a if baby. something <laughs> goes, if something has to go, yeah, it, it's like the personal care, right? Which I know we, where we yeah. try so hard to be like, I'm not, yeah, that, yeah. that happens. Yeah. 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 So true. Yeah. 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 You're right. That's the first thing to go always on the list. It's like, you have all the things and it's like, oh, okay. I can't, I can't do this workout or I can't do this, you know, this little bit of personal care. So that is a hundred percent true. Carrie mentioned in the, in the intro, how inspiring your career has been and all that, but can you please let the listeners know a little bit more about what you do about inspired living, your coaching programs, web series. I want to hear about it. Okay. Of course. So I love helping people make the biggest difference they feel called on this earth to make. And so Inspired Living is a company that specializes in really working with female entrepreneurs, although we love our men too, but we really focus on helping female entrepreneurs clarify their message and to feel empowered to share it and then teaching them how to leverage that message. So they're creating abundance. They're able to give back. They feel an incredible sense of value. And so to me, that is inspired living, right? When we feel like we're plugged into our genius work, we're able to support 
um, others, and you know, we're able to take good care of our of ourselves and our family and leave that legacy. I love that. And as I was reading through your bio, I thought something that I thought was so fascinating is the on-camera coaching aspect and all that you do with that. Like I mentioned, you have quite the impressive resume with experience working for, you know, NBC, E, uh, MTV, and many more. Would you mind walking us through a little bit of your kind of your career trajectory and what led you into this type of coaching specifically? Yeah. You know what? I love the quote that you can't connect the dots in front of you. You can only connect them behind you. And when I look back at my life, really, I couldn't make it up. I mean, all the failures, all of the things I've gone through, all the adversity that has brought me where I am today, where honestly, inspired living just feels so right. It feels like such an expression of all the things. So I started out Um, It's funny, I have a seven-year-old and I remember being about seven years old, begging my mom to put me into modeling and acting classes, grew up in the 80s when supermodels were a thing. And um, I remember I was 11, I was super awkward and my mom thought, now is the time I'm going to put her into those classes. And (laughs) I mean, I had buck teeth, braces, bad perm, again, taking us back to the 80s. I felt in love with, with being on camera and... I think it was the ability to emote and to be free and to express myself in ways that maybe I didn't feel I could do in other areas of my life. And so I started at 11 and I I always want to bring that up because I think it's important for anyone who maybe has followed my career or maybe sees me on camera and goes, oh my gosh, she makes it look so easy. Um, Over 30 years, my friend, over 30 years. And so from there, um, you know, I did local commercial work and films, and then I really fell in love with just hosting and being a spokesperson and did that for many years. But you know what's so interesting is that I started my first business. I was around 23 years old. It was interior decorating. And at that time, I was the local interior design expert for our local morning show. I was, I was always using video to grow my businesses. I just wasn't, it wasn't a decision. It was just a thing where yeah. now, like because of everything that's going on in the world. And of course we had this wonderful pandemic that brought us all together virtually. Um, and now it's a must. Like if you are not on camera and you own a business, I don't think you're going to make it. I think that people want that connection. They want to build a relationship with you. So anyway, I was doing it. And then I had the opportunity to buy the talent agency. I went through as a little girl, that 11 year old little girl, I ended up wow. at talent agency and performing art school when I was 27. And uh, my mom and I both put in $15,000. So I often talk to people about how important it is to take risks and to make decisions from the long-term ROI of things. And, you know, it was amazing. I loved it. I love developing and cultivating talent. But then we had the 2008 recession. You know, I mean, there's always something. And so (laughs) I was forced to close the agency then. And I got to be honest, like I was devastated. I... It was me. I think now being in my 40s, like my business is an extension of me. It's not who I am. But back in my 20s and 30s, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, my agency really defined who I was. And so when I didn't have that, I was a lost puppy for a while. But I will tell you, because of the experience I had on camera, um, I was booking on the Golf Channel and MTV and TV Guide. I booked a show on E! when I moved out here. And then I just felt... I just felt like it wasn't my highest and best use. And I remember to this day, I was watching a coach on camera before I was even planning on being a coach. I saw someone very well known in our industry and I was like, I, 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 like that is not authentic. 
That is not how you be yeah. on camera. And that was it. It was like, ding, ding, ding. I can teach entrepreneurs how to use a video. And that yeah. was back in like 2009, 2010, launch wow. inspired living in 2011. So we've had the company now for over a decade. You know, we're reaching hundreds of people every year and we've gotten to multiple seven figures. So I'm really proud. And the reason why I say that is because like I had to lose so much to recreate something that is so much more. I love that. I love that. And I mean, that there's so many life lessons and so many things that we can take away from everything that you just said. It's beautiful how everything came together and is like you said, the most authentic version or the best version of kind of cumulative of all the things you've done, putting it together and helping others with that. And I think that's so important. And Carrie, one of the things that I feel like is very important, it's this whole topic of entrepreneurs to position themselves as experts in their industry. And you are huge on this. You help so many women with this. Like how do they position themselves to become experts in their industry? What can it do for your business? Oh, it can do so much. I think it is actually one of the most important things when it comes to really defining um, and elevating yourself in this noisy space called the virtual world, right? Yeah. Social media and all the things. Look, let's be honest. I mean, there's there's billions of people online. What you do is not unique. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> who you are is. Who yeah. you are is. So when you understand how to position yourself and when you move from generalist, like let's just say, you know, I'm, I'm a, a general practitioner. I'm a family doctor. We need family doctors. They're amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's nothing wrong with that. But when you become a specialist in treating something or you become a specialist for breast cancer or children or whatever, you become the person that other people seek out. Because when people want immediate answers, they look for experts. I don't care if you're a realtor, attorney, a coach, you know, but the problem is so often we're trying to serve too many people. I call that catching the ocean. We're trying. And so the message doesn't resonate. It's too generic. There's a bill, you know, bazillion other people doing what you do. So I feel like the quickest way to get to the top is to become known for something. And if that is not in your industry, maybe you get known for something that you stand for. Maybe you get known for a story. Maybe you get known for a cause, but you have to get known for something because there's too much out there and you'll get lost. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And when I think of the term like expert, you know, an expert in your industry, I always think back to my news days. And I always think back of like, when I was uh, you know, a producer, I would be like, Oh my God, we need to find this scientist. This just happened in the world. And we need to find the scientist to speak on this specific topic, you know, and looking for um, an expert in that way. But how is it that, I mean, in, you know, in this day and age, like, what does that look like? Like besides getting, you know, on, you know, now, let's say getting asked to be on the news to speak on that topic. What are other ways that you would say, like, are the benefits of being an expert in an industry? Well, you're going to get paid more because <laughs> yeah. people pay more for expertise. And yeah. I think you become sought after, not just only in the press, but think about this. Think if you want to speak on stages. Like for me, like even though I'm a business coach, we specialize in teaching entrepreneurs how to use video to grow and scale their companies. So if there's another event where there are business coaches, I don't compete. I compliment. So you have to think about how are you complementing an industry? How do you carve out a niche? How do you become the most sought after person in that niche? And I, I get it. Like this can be so overwhelming, but I will say not just positioning online, but reaching the right fit client too. 
for us, the more we specialize, the more we build a community of people we love to serve. You know, otherwise, sometimes you attract clients you don't love serving, or you water down your message, or you play small to meet people where they're at. And I think that it's really important for you to understand your value you bring to the marketplace, understand why you're different. And again, it is opportunity cost. Like the opportunity cost of not being an expert is great because no one's going to hire you when they can go hire someone else that is. Yeah. Yeah. And you talk a lot about six-figure businesses and all that and helping entrepreneurs get there, right? Is that, would you say like being an expert in an industry, is that one of the, like, is does that help you get to become a six-figure entrepreneur, if you will? Absolutely. I really do think the more that you become known for something, the easier it is for people to find you. And the easier it is for people to find you, the easier it is for them to pay you. So if you are looking to really grow and scale your business, and it it seems counterintuitive, but wait, Carrie, I need to not serve a certain demographic for me to make more money. The answer is yes. Yes, because you're easier to find. You become that authority that we're going to pay more for. And again, the opportunities are there. You're going to get asked to speak on podcasts and speak on stages. You could create your own events. So I think a million percent, if you really want to create more revenue, ask yourself, like, what do I want to be the best in the world at? What do I want to get known for? And how does my story support the knowing? Oh, I love that. I love that. This is all so good. And you, with that, how does my story, I love that you, you mentioned that. Cause I think that that's so important. You know, you talk a lot about authentic marketing, right? Could you explain to us a little bit more about a, like, what is that? And what are the effects of being authentic on camera? Is that the same thing as being, you know, completely transparent and, you know, saying all the things, or can you walk us through a little bit more about that? Like what is authentic marketing and, you know, absolutely. Well, come on. I mean, we hear the word authentic and authenticity. It's, it's been that word that I think we're all tired of hearing, but quite frankly, not enough people are showing up that way. So let's go back to it. When I talk to our clients about the difference between authenticity and transparency, let's talk about authenticity. So authenticity is how you show up. It is your unique mannerisms, your verbiage, your tone of voice, your expressions. Like when I see you online, it should be the same version of you I see if I was taking you out for coffee or we were having a glass of wine. Like to me, authenticity is the most real expression of yourself. And especially when it comes to video, what often happens is we press record and anything authentic about us leaves our body. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. Like this pseudo version of us yeah. takes over and you're like, who am I right yeah. now? Like, I speak faster. My voice is up. I'm not, I'm not speaking how I would speak, you know? Um, so this, these are the things that we, we help our clients with, right? As we break that and we really help them like step into their true body and their true voice and expression. Now, transparency is how much you share. You know, do you have to share that you're going through a divorce or that you went through some trauma as a child or, and the answer is no. I mean, it's up to you to share what you want to share. But I will say this, and I know we're big Sarah Blakely fans. Yes. The more transparent you are, the more relatable you become. The more transparent you are, the more relatable you come. So if you um, are always showing your your best life, you know, and it's like the social media, right? The, the yeah, highlight. yeah. <laughs> but we never see that you bleed, that you are a real human, that you go through tough times too. What happens is we might admire you, but we won't work with you 
because we feel that you don't get me, my situation, yeah. my story, what I'm going through. Yeah. And that's why, you know, you really have to ask yourself, how am I being the guide, not the hero in my stories and how I show up? Right. We don't always want to see, you know, the, I say the host version of Carrie, like it's, yeah. <laughs> we don't always want to see Carrie with lashes on and all dolled up. Sometimes, you know, Carrie in a baseball hat, you know, running around the neighborhood with her kids, you know, so for you, as you're growing your business, I want to really encourage you to, first of all, ask yourself, am I showing up as my most authentic self? Am I expressing my core values? Is that, am I taking stand for things, a stand for things that matter to me? And then transparency Am I showing? Am I showing the real stuff? Am I sharing the behind the scenes? Am I being honest? You know, when we did some research, it was um, it was really amazing how consumers are much more forgiving when companies are transparent. When they say, "Hey, you know what? I messed up," or "We're going through this tough time," or whatever it might be, which I think is is great, right? It, it yeah. feels good to know that people don't expect perfection. Perfection's not real and it's not relatable. So it's up to us as business owners to to show all sides. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. That that just spoke to me so much. I feel like I'm gonna replay this and listen to it a bunch of times. It's so good. And uh Carrie, you know that it, like I mentioned before, you know, we got on this call, like your your resume, your kind of your trajectory, the fact that you've had all these businesses and that you're doing so much currently with your current business and helping so many women, you're just thriving in so many areas. But was there ever a season in your life where you feel like you failed? And if so, how? Oh girl, I mean, I tell you, honestly, I feel like there are seasons every other season you know, where yeah. you feel like, yeah, <laughs> Amen. Right? yeah. Right? but I think what, what comes up the most is what I, was, what I was sharing with you a little earlier. And that is really the epic failure of having to close that business back in 2008. I moved out to LA, started completely over, no family, nothing here. Um, and really started over and had to figure it out. And for me, losing that business, having to file personal bankruptcy, because when you own a business, you it's your name on the dotted line. Yeah. And so um, to me, that was epic. That was epic failure all around. I let down clients. I let down myself. I felt like I let down my mom, you know, who I bought the agency with, the owner who sold it to me. I mean, come on, there wasn't, I mean, how much more could I fail? But it sounds so cliche, but I have to say it was a fail forward. It was like, without that failure, I would not have the life I have. I wouldn't have met my husband. I wouldn't live in Southern California. I wouldn't have the business that fills me up every single day, the team that I have. And so when I look back at that time, and I hope for someone that's listening right now, and you feel like you failed epically, maybe in a relationship or in a business, or like you have to fail to win. Yeah. Wow. Mic drop. I'm like, that is, yeah. It, yes. A hundred percent with you there. I think, I mean, the whole premise of this podcast is, is that right. And I think yeah. that, um, man, that's just so powerful. Everything. Thank you so much for sharing that. And there's just so much power in that. Like where you said that you wouldn't have the life that you have today had it not been for that, you know, quote unquote, epic failure, you know, yeah. that moment that you went through. And I think that that's true when you look around, when you really look into people's lives, like that is so true time and time again, in my life, that's true, you know, and so many women that I talk to. So thank you so much for sharing that kind of pivoting back to, you know, kind of this, because I think everything 
everything that you're saying and all, you know, the tips and everything that you're sharing with the audience, I think it's going to help them so, so much, you know, but what, you know, you, you also give a lot of advice when it comes to leveraging media to build your brand. What, what would you say is the best way that the entrepreneurs that are listening, how can they leverage their media to build their brand? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to the four C's that I talk about so much because when it comes to leveraging the media, first of all, everything that we do is about creating emotional connection, emotional connection through video, through podcasting, through your emails. Your job is to make someone feel something inspired, enlightened, empowered, pissed off. Like it could be <laughs> anything, right? But yeah. without that emotional connection, everything that we do doesn't do anything. So I want to go back to that. First C is connection. The second one, when it comes to leveraging the media is consistency. We want, I say we live in a prime society. We want everything in two days or less, you know, and we want instant results. We want Insta fame. We want Insta money. And I will tell you, I have interviewed (laughs) hundreds of entrepreneurs and celebrities. There is no Insta. Like, you know, there there is no. So when it comes to leveraging the media and to me, media is those it's social media posts. It's that social media, it's PR, it's podcasting. It is consistency. You know, we all say we want something. The question is, are you, are you willing to work for it or do you just hope and wish for it? So it's taking accountability, taking responsibility and being consistent with whatever media quote unquote you are putting out there. So important consistency. Now, the more consistent you are in people seeing you on media, seeing you on podcasts, seeing you on your own show, the more credibility you establish, which is amazing because we just talked about when you have credibility, people will seek you out. They will invite you to things. They will pay you more. It's a game changer. So don't be afraid of it. You know, really embrace it. And the more credibility you have, the more conversion there is. Conversion, fancy word for money, fancy word for people taking action. Like, And that's what we want as business owners. We're not here to be martyrs. Like, We don't want to own hobbies. We want to own careers and businesses. And I got to tell you, when it comes to bridging the wealth gap in female entrepreneurship, there are a few things that light me up as much. I don't want to make money for the sake of making money. I want to make money so the world is different. So my daughter sees a different opportunity. So women in other countries, see what's possible for them. So, you know, when we're sitting in boardrooms, there's more women at the table. And um, so anyway, you can tell I get very passionate about that. So for me, leveraging media is really about you reaching people in a way that affects them to create some change in their life or, you know, in someone else's. So I think it's, it's so important And, but it's not just, you know what, it's so easy to say, oh yeah, I want to get on TV or I want, I want, I want, which is nothing's wrong with that. It's great to want those things. Heck, I want those things, but you have to go back and say why and who am I reaching and what is the impact I'm creating because of that reach? Yeah. Wow. I agree with it a thousand percent. I think that that is um, so, so, so true. And another thing that I wanted to ask you about that you talk about is you talk about like these, that there are five different types of video that every entrepreneur needs to be using. Would you mind sharing those five different types of videos and like why we should be using those? Yeah, of course. So the one for your website, we call that the positioning video. Look, We spent all this time and money on building out websites and most of the time no one goes to them. So social media, the goal of social media is to get people off social media and onto your website to learn more about you and to connect with you. So 
your website is your only piece of real estate that you own online. So once they get there, um, how are you bringing them in? And it's saying, hey, welcome to my home. You're in the right place. So this yeah. positioning video, it's about 90 seconds. That's all you get because that's the attention span most people have these days. Um, and it tells them why they're there, why you, what you do, how you do it, and the very next step you want them to date. So I want you to think about this. Like you just met someone for the first time. You're like, hi, I'm so happy you're here. Like, this is what you can expect. This is what I do. And if you want to learn more, this is how, you know, to help you. So that's, that's positioning. The next one is promotional. And it's funny because you would think that's something that everyone knows to do, but it's not. <laughs> a lot of people, especially females, um, feel icky when it comes to yeah. promoting or selling yeah. or sharing. And look, like you can't, you can't sell something when you don't promote it. So promotional yeah. videos are those, you know, those sponsored ads we see. They are on your lead pages. They're on your sales pages. And you know what? They're just, they're warm, they're welcoming, and they're taking people through, you know, a journey with you to make a decision on how they want to work with you. So that is promotional. Now, the heartbeat of your business is personality. Those personality videos, I want you to think about like Instagram stories for a minute. So your Instagram stories to me is like your behind the scenes wheel of things that are happening in your grid, right? So your grid is where you're posting like about your content and your niche and all of that, but your stories is where it's like the behind the scenes and those personality videos, those behind the scenes videos are actually what builds community the most. They build loyal fans and followers and buyers. So people don't want to just see you as the expert. They want to see you as a person. Sarah Blakely, great example. All right. So then you have product videos and those to me are your content videos, your IP that you're putting out there on a weekly basis, sharing great content and tips. They can also be your paid for programs. Like our video marketing Academy is a video based program with one-to-one -one coaching as well. So that to me is product. It's leveraged videos, taking your information in your head and getting it out there in a bigger way. And then the last one, one is proof, social proof. Having other people talk about you on camera is one of the quickest ways to get people to build trust and to take the next step. So again, there's positioning, promotional, personality, product, and proof. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh. So much, so much wisdom that you're sharing with us. So many <laughs> golden nuggets. I love it. Now, this is a question maybe for someone that's listening because you've given us so many great tips and so much great advice around, you know, being on camera and how to show up authentic and why it's important for us to position ourselves as industry experts and leaders in our industry. But what would you say, like, could you maybe offer like two quick pieces of advice that maybe, maybe for someone that's listening and maybe they struggle with being on camera, maybe, you know, they're shy or maybe they're dealing with a lot of imposter syndrome. Like imposter syndrome is a very real thing, especially when it comes to being on camera. What, you know, what advice or what maybe two pieces of advice would you offer for someone that is struggling with imposter syndrome, um, but wants to be on camera? Yes. I love that question. Thank you for asking it. Okay. So number one tip is to remember this video is not about you. That video is about reaching one person on the other side. So that brings me to tip two, know who you're talking to. You know, what makes us get into that imposter syndrome or has us feel like, you know, an imposter has taken over our body when we press record is first of all, we're thinking about ourselves. We're thinking about, do I look good? Am I pretty enough? Am I thin enough? Am I smart enough? All of those things. So 
first of all, you wouldn't be doing what you are doing if you weren't. Um, and you just need to be two steps ahead of someone else. You know, we talk about imposter syndrome all the time at my events. And, you know, people like Jodie Foster, Tom Hanks, Michelle Obama, Serena Williams. I mean, they all suffer from imposter syndrome. And the good news is real imposters don't suffer from imposter syndrome. So, <laughs> so you're okay. Um, but it's also remembering that, you know, you need to speak through the lens, not at the lens. Lens, the camera lens is simply a conduit to reach the one person on the other side. So when you take a big belly breath and you start talking, remember that it's not about your words. It's about how you make someone feel on the other side of it. And that when you know who you're talking to on the other side, the words come a whole lot easier. You don't want to be scripted because you can't be in your head and authentic at the same time. Try it. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah. So, but when I know, you know, who I'm talking to, then the words come a lot easier. So know that right fit client, know what they're challenged by, know what's possible for them and speak to that, speak to their heart. And I'll tell you, it's so much easier. Be mm -hmm. your most authentic version of yourself and speak through the camera lens, not at it. Oh, I love that, Carrie. All of this stuff is so, so good. Where can people find you? Where can they follow you? Well, um, I'm on social media, just about anywhere you can find me. So that's Inspired Living TV. We're on Instagram and Facebook. But once a year, we also host an event called The Brilliant Event. It is for female entrepreneurs who feel called to really make a big difference. They want to learn how to leverage their message. They want to learn how to generate wealth. And I have to say, it is one of my absolute favorite things that we get to do as a company. And it's spiritual. It's beautiful. It's high-end. And it happens once a year and it's happening September 12th through the 14th in Redondo beach. It's right on the Marina. So you can get tickets for that at the brilliantevent.com. We only have a few in-person seats left, but we have virtual as well. Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been such a pleasure to have you on the podcast and to have this conversation with you today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the But First She Failed podcast. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe and consider leaving us a review. It really helps us so, so much and we'd be so grateful. Hope to see you next time.